Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Hospitality is an idea and a word that we're hearing more and more about. It's a helpful idea and word, but how does hospitality connect to mission? We'll find out today on the Scent Life podcast as we talk to Dr. Ed Smither from Columbia International University. He just put a book out about hospitality as mission. Should be a helpful and instructive conversation. Join us on the Scent Life. Welcome back to The Scent Life. I am Greg Mathias, and so glad you joined me today for another episode. Uh, I'm really excited today. I have not only a friend uh, and a colleague, somebody I can probably tell some stories about, but I'll refrain for now. Dr. Ed Smither, <laughs> uh, he is with us today on The Scent Life, and uh, Ed is Dean of the College at CIU, or Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, Ed is also has served as uh, the past president of the Evangelical Missiological Society, so brings a lot of experience and wisdom. But I have him here today. Ed, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us uh, on The Scent Life. Appreciate uh, you taking some time out of your schedule to, to join us today. Thank you, Greg. And I've got you here today, uh, not just because we're friends and colleagues, but you just came out uh, with a new book uh, within the last uh, month or so uh, on mission as hospitality. And so that's really what I want to dig in today. Uh, Not only uh, your new book, congratulations on that, but this idea of hospitality and mission, because we hear a lot about that in our circles today. So just briefly, Tell us anything else you think our listeners want to need to know about you, uh, and then uh, why this book, and then we'll jump in. Yeah, well, I think um, I think related to the book and about me, I think that that we learn about God's mission and how we participate in it by being out in the field and in the work, and then we go back to Scripture and try to make sense of what it's all about. For me personally, the whole idea of hospitality started when I lived in North Africa among Muslim friends. And um, honestly, uh, we didn't know a lot about hospitality. We, we were there to serve, um, you know, to, to, to try to serve the Lord and care for people. But it was when we were welcomed into the home of, of Arab friends, uh, and a lot of them were, they were poor. Um, when we think about hospitality, we often think about putting out a spread, a table, the right Mm-hmm. place settings and all of that, which that, that's good. Um, but we learned that hospitality was more of a way of life. And so that, that challenged us yeah. in terms of how we thought about hospitality. But it also taught us actually that it ended up that a lot of our ministry in the Arab world was out of our home and across mm-hmm. cups of coffee and across meals and, and sharing life in that way. Yeah, and I think our, our stories intersect a bit there as well. In a similar way, it was really uh, kind of what you're describing. It was really the first time that we were kind of faced with what I call kind of deep hospitality. We hear about hospitality mm-hmm. all the time, uh, especially being from the South. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we uh, grow up uh, told to be hospitable, but there was something different about it. And you kind of mentioned it, but, but Ed, help our listeners understand so what is hospitality? Is it 
Uh, is it making sure you have the right food to serve? Uh, is it, you know, does it take place? Typically for us, it's, you know, from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. And then we're, we're good. We did our hospitality for the day. Or what is it? What, what, what's hospitality? Yeah, well, at the core, I like Christine Pohl's mm -hmm. definition that I think comes from scripture. It's making room. Um, so it's making space for others. In terms of the, the closest New Testament definition, it's the term philoxenia, or loving the stranger, or loving another. And so it is, it is allowing another to enter into your space, where you welcome them, where you see them, where you listen to them. Um, and that could be around the table at a meal. Uh, that, that is a powerful place. Uh, but underneath that there there's there's a, a mentality there and so uh, yeah so i i think at, at the very core there it, it's 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 making room for others yeah i think that's really helpful it does give it a, a little bit deeper roots uh, it's not just a, a nicety uh, or a cultural thing and, and uh, the definition or the quote you used i also one of my favorite is from uh, uh, henry nowen he talks about hospitality in similar ways, this idea of providing or creating space so that um, change can take place uh, and, and really links that to enemies becoming friends. And so I've always appreciated uh, that. But you gave us a couple of ideas or examples, but let's dig a little bit more. Um, any examples come to mind uh, that we can kind of build from in the scriptures, uh, Old Testament, New yeah. Testament, any that come to mind that you think are really helpful? Yeah, I think uh, in the Old Testament, you know, really we start out, I think, um, reading Genesis 18, mm. where Abraham welcomes the three visitors, and he prepares them a meal and does all of that. But we're not quite sure who the three visitors are. People have said maybe it was the, the, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It was angels. Um but from, from the text itself, from Genesis 18, Abraham knew that he was welcoming God. Hmm. And so just like we're involved in ministry or mission or anything, the first person that we're serving in any act is, is the Lord. And, okay. so, um, and so Jesus in Matthew 25 says that if you welcomed a stranger, you have welcomed me. Hmm. Um, and so we kind of see that thread there that um, that we that we welcome God when we welcome another person. Hmm. I think part of what what moved me to write the book as I was thinking about it is that I just saw a lot of table fellowship where people encountered God in the scriptures. And hmm. um, and so in the Old Testament, um, my all time number one favorite Bible story that I think we we often read out of context is Ruth. Okay. Um, because we here we have a pious Jew, Boaz, who is obeying the law, Deuteronomy 10 and Leviticus 19, about welcoming strangers and not gleaning the corners of your fields. And but we see Ruth, him making room for Ruth in his uh, in his field. He welcomes Ruth to his table, and ultimately, uh, of course, we know her story. She's a Moabite. Um, if we read back in scripture, the Moabites have disgusting origins. They came into this world because of incest. Mm -hmm. um, and so we see Boaz making room for Ruth. Mm. Uh, she was a vulnerable Moabite widow. Mm. Um, and he ultimately redeems her. And God gives her a hope and a future. And, and she has a great grandson named King David. And she has another 
descendant, uh, the Lord Jesus. And so, um, so we see redemption happening there through uh, a clear ministry of welcoming the stranger. Hmm. Uh, that's really, really rich, really helpful. Uh, but you mentioned something uh, as you were kind of working through some of these ideas that we find in scriptures. And I really like how you put it, Ed, um, you know, in whatever we do, uh, mission, uh, hospitality, whatever it is, but we see this model of that we're first kind of welcoming, but also serving the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, even in some of our daily rhythms, like uh, sharing a meal. Uh, and so I think that's, that's really important. But I want to dig in a, a bit more here. You, you mentioned you just kind of passed by, but I think there's something to it. This idea of uh, even in the scriptures of finding table fellowship at the centerpiece, oftentimes sure. Sure. of people encountering God. Why, why do you think that's true? Why around the table? Yeah, well, I think, I think it points to a number of things. I think it, it points to the incarnational truth where, where, uh, I mean, in the old Testament uh, in covenants were ratified around a meal, mm-hmm. uh, wars stopped and people would have a meal um, and, and so that's, that's what I would argue is God's hospitable nature that, um, that it, that God invites us. Um, yes, we're invited to believe truth, but right. we're invited to relationship with God and what more intimate place than to have a celebration together. Yeah. And so I think, um, hmm. you know, when we read Isaiah 25 and, the and that vision of the heavenly Zion where peoples are, are around the table, they're feasting, yeah. um, looking forward to, in Revelation 19, the marriage supper of the Lamb. So much of, um, of the kingdom of, of heaven is mm-hmm. us in relationship with God. The war is over, uh, tears are wiped away, mm-hmm. and we're celebrating um, at the mm-hmm. table. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's, um, so I mean, I think part of that God speaks into the world, into the ancient Near Eastern world where there were felt where there was fellowship. And, and Jesus certainly took part in table fellowship in the in probably what was a Greek symposium type of meal. But it's uh it, it's a very intimate thing to sit down and eat nice food with someone, especially when it's mm. there's daily food. You know, we have our mac and cheese and, and that's good, but but you know, when we think about what we whip up for someone's birthday or an anniversary or that, that seems to be what the kingdom of heaven is about this, this, Mm -hmm. this marriage celebration that we're invited to. And so if that's what we're looking forward to, if that's the end, um, it just seems God is pleased to, to meet people in these intimate spaces where we're, I mean, in some cases, the people that Jesus had table fellowship with, they were ceremonially unclean. Yeah, uh, that was certainly the case in the feeding of the five and the 4,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is breaking down those barriers mm-hmm. and, um, and coming in mission. Yeah, no, that's good. And I mean, yeah, kind of to your point, we see that really from the, the beginning uh, to the end of scripture, all, all throughout Old and New Testament. Of course, uh, you mentioned, I, I'd like to be at your daily table if you're eating mac and cheese every day. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do think even even in the Christian life, I mean, again, in your book, you, you've kind of uh, given us kind of the overview of Scripture. You've connected it somewhat to mission. But I think it's also important for us and, and for our listeners as well as believers that it really highlights the importance of the, the Lord's table as well. Just mm-hmm. this idea of 
uh, of coming together even for our daily needs and, and together yeah. as a community that then we're sent out uh, mm-hmm. to invite others into this uh, feast one day. And so I think that's a, uh, that's a really rich and helpful picture that you've painted. Well, let me ask you this. Let's, let's kind of fast forward up to where we are now. We see that in scripture. You've made a pretty compelling argument, even in your book, about these uh, realities and ideals. What about, do you have any other examples? It could be today, from today, maybe it's personal examples of how you see this idea of hospitality and mission playing out, Mm -hmm. Uh, or if there's any others that you feel like, hey, this just kind of pops in my head as a good example for us, uh, just to bear this out, even outside Mm -hmm. of scripture. Yeah, I mean, I think when I look at contemporary examples, a number of things come to mind. Um, I've always admired Francis Schaeffer's ministry and um, I think at Southeastern you have a lot of Francis Schaeffer's letters and works and when I first started reading Francis Schaeffer I thought what a what an inter- what a good theologian apologist and um, but the more I dug into learning about Labri and the Labri Fellowship in Switzerland a very you know the middle of the 20th century Switzerland's becoming very post-Christian um, so much of their work uh, before Francis Schaeffer ever wrote any books, he was inviting students to their home mm-hmm. and they were in, they were just really having meals around the table, often simple food. Yeah. Um, he listened, they had conversation. Um, and a lot of people who were really despairing, um, they, they found the Lord through this mm-hmm. fam, really just joining this family in yeah. their family meals and seeing their family life. I think that's a that's an incredible example. I've admired the work of Soma Communities that started. It's a church planting movement in Washington State, yeah. um, where from the very beginning of their of their church planting, they would take off, uh, not meet corporately one Sunday a month, yeah. and they would they would say use the Sunday morning to do a brunch or do a barbecue with your neighbors, hmm. um, and they actually started finding that that. Like, like in one neighborhood, all of the neighbors, 100% of the neighbors would come over to someone's house and they would eat together and, and, mm. um, and, and in a place in the Pacific Northwest where it's not the Bible Belt or right. where people are more, it's more of a post-Christian area. Mm. Um, this was a way to build relationships and, and to be the people of God and, and to see people meet Jesus uh, through that. And mm. so um, yeah. I think those are some, some. Uh, one in Switzerland, one, uh, and, and I think it's, I think it's especially meaningful, um, maybe for people that have maybe had a negative experience with the church, or they're totally, totally unchurched, they're de-churched, they're, it, it's, it's a point of human connection in Jesus's name. Oh, that's good. So what do you think, what about the last year plus, uh, we're all experiencing global <laughs> Uh, you know, we're talking about hospitality and intimate settings and gathering together, yet we're supposed to stay six feet apart with masks. And yeah. masks. How does that, how, how has that impacted this idea of hospitality as mission? Yeah, it, it, honestly, it's so challenging, and I <laughs> wish I had an easy answer. Yeah. I think that let, let's just take away meals and coffee from the part of, 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 of hospitality. Well, I can't have um, things either without either of those. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. Um, but I, I, one of the things that I have learned about hospitality, it, it's being mindful of others and it's listening. Mm-hmm. I struggle to be a good listener. 
but we see in the scriptures, uh, James tells us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It's been a life verse in my journey as a married person, but I found that when COVID hit, um, and we're supposed to stay at home, right. that everyone in our neighborhood suddenly became walkers and bikers and dog walkers. Uh, people came out of their houses. Huh. Um, and, the, and the cool thing is, at least where I live, there were neighbors that we had not really talked to before that they, there, there wasn't a common space for us. And, and so I remember early on in COVID, a neighbor who lives very close by mm-hmm. that um, he had just lost his job and he had some time on his hands and he was out doing some work in the yard and, and suddenly he wanted to talk. Wow. And so from my mailbox to his mailbox, 20 feet apart, we started to talk and, uh, and, and we've just found that, that that's been kind of a neutral space for that. One thing I will say to that is that in the scriptures, we remember Jesus, Jesus didn't have a house. Mm. And Jesus was hospitable. That's good. Jesus showed us how we can be a good guest or how we can meet people in neutral spaces, mm-hmm. in wells, um, in, in fields and things like that. And so... Um, so I think we can be hospitable by being mindful of others, by listening, by hearing, by, um, to, for me, the biggest obstacle to being hospitable is not, do I have a budget to, for four more people to come to dinner? Right. Uh, my biggest area that I need to give to the Lord is, you know, am I willing to be, uh, to give time? And so if I'm headed to the car because I've got to go do something really important and I see a neighbor, am I willing to pause the Mm. five or 10 minutes and listen to them? And so, Mm. so I think there's a lot to do. And um, during that time. Yeah, no, that's helpful. I think Uh, if nothing else, what this last year plus again, uh, with all the horrendous things that have happened and people are still struggling with this year is maybe it has uh, helped us to reevaluate some of our time and energy uh, sometimes on purpose, uh, sometimes not on purpose, but uh, instead of this tyranny of the urgent, maybe we, we make people more urgent uh, in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. So let me ask one more question related, sure. then I've got uh, maybe one or two after that. Uh, this has been really helpful. I think our, our listeners are gaining a lot from this. I appreciate this. Um, so in the midst of this, as we talk about this idea of even mindfulness, being mindful and listening and those types of things, what about this day and age where uh, a lot of things happen, not so much face-to-face, but we have a lot of communication that happens digitally and virtually is, can you still, do you think there's still a role for kind of mission as hospitality, even in this type of communication and world? Yes, I think, but with some qualifications, um, I think, you know, God made us with bodies. We are some bodies in bodies and, that ultimately is how we we connect. I, I don't think the digital space um, can become a substitute for for face to face. Even even in a pandemic, you know, we we can still safely connect with people. People can hear our voices from mm. six or eight feet away behind a mask and, and things like yeah. that. I I kind of see it maybe as a temporary necessity. Okay. Um, and so it is. Um, you know, I, I obviously many churches have been streaming, even small groups are streaming and uh, or, or, or doing Zoom. And so there are there are good connection points. 
but I would be remiss if, if we said, oh, we could just do this, you know, from now on, because yeah. I, I think, I think at the same time, people are getting a lot of screen fatigue and, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, John Dunn said, no man is an island. And so we, yeah. we you know, I think that points to the fact that, that we are um, embodied people mm. and um, we yeah, need face to face with others. Yeah, and as we think through that, even as we think on the scent life and, and kind of all things mission, of course, this book, uh, Mission is Hospitality, and many of our listeners are, are actively engaged in church planting and as missionaries and other ministers. So that, that's even helpful to think about even in our methodology and our strategies that the message we talk about, the message we share, the gospel, that uh, we can use some digital means, but it's still still an embodied message. Uh, and so I think there's some importance there. So help us think through that. Help our listeners. Let's connect it more, more kind of tightly or closely. Any, as you think through kind of uh, next steps or practical takeaways in terms of mission. Uh, again, we've kind of hit all around that. And I think we have some good ideas here. Uh, again, these ideas of creating space and of serving, uh, of course, to the Lord first and then others of being mindful and, and listening. But what are some takeaways you would encourage our listeners with as we think about mission as hospitality? Yeah, definitely. Well, I do think, um, you know, given um, everyone is safe and healthy and vaccinated, um, I think it is a good challenge to think maybe it's for the first time, but maybe once a month, who can you invite into your home? Mm. Uh, maybe another believer for fellowship, maybe a neighbor, or as some people I know do, they roll their grill out to the front lawn and they invite folks over to grill. And, and that's, you know, that, that might be a first step. I think that's a great thing to do. But even, um, you know, I, I teach at a, a university and um, I realized that the office that I have, um, that I moved into, um, had a lot of physical barriers. There were big debt, there was a big desk. And mm. so I got rid of that and went to Ikea and bought basically kind of like a um, a dining room table or a more of a more of a functional table and so when people come into the office to drop drop in and they do mm-hmm. um, I, I invite them to sit at the table if, if they have a moment yeah and so I think that even I know our workspaces vary but I think you know to be able to just with a smile to say come on in yeah mm-hmm. and and to have time for people and to welcome people. Um, I think that's important. Um, we're on a campus where we have a lot of international students who um, sometimes they don't make appointments, and but they stop by or American students do that too, but to be flexible and to be welcoming there. So that, that's where I would say that, that hospitality is, is not so much a tactic of, of cooking a meal for someone and sitting at the table. That is, that is a really strong way, a very good way. Um, but I think just being mindful and, 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 and welcoming, um, especially for task schedule driven people to let that be, um, you know, we, we do a good job when we go to other countries of letting our schedules just kind of go out the window. Um, mm. But, uh, but, you know, people have needs and they're hurting and yeah. maybe we even build in some margin in our days for the unexpected. Mm. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's really helpful. And um, I, I know our listeners are encouraged by that. And for some, they, they already do a wonderful job of this. Uh, I think for me, uh, even in our conversation, the takeaway is, is this idea of, of building in more margin 
uh, for those things. Cause I get used to my rhythms and routines, even my hospitality routines. And so mm-hmm. uh, just to remember that I'm called to, to love God and love others uh, moment by moment. And so hospitality can be a big piece of that. And in and, and just a, a moment, I, I want to pray for you, Ed, yeah. uh, uh, for your work at CIU, uh, but also for our listeners as well as they engage in mission uh, and even uh, mission is hospitality. And so, but before we do, uh, we've been kind of talking about uh, this book. Uh, you kind of put a lot of this into the book that just came out. Uh, where's the best place for our listeners to go get a copy of that book? Yeah, I think probably Amazon, uh, Mission as Hospitality. If you type that in, it should come up first. Uh, it is published by Cascade Books, uh, Whippenstock. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but even if you Googled uh, Mission as Hospitality, you'll find some some places, probably Amazon being the first. Good. All right. So go get a copy of that book and then don't just read it, uh, but live it out. Uh, and so let me pray for, for you, Ed, for CIU and for our listeners. Lord, we do come before you and thank you that uh, you have modeled perfectly, even what we're talking about today, that you came to us, Lord, where we were. Uh, Lord, you welcome us in uh, through uh, through your sacrifice and through your resurrection. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. I thank you for Ed and his work uh, over the many years, uh, cross-culturally, uh, but also training and equipping, Lord, uh, engaging with his students at CIU. Lord, we continue to pray for them there as they not only train and equip, but as they send out uh, all over uh, their community and all over the country and even around the world. Uh, They are sending out quality men and women uh, who love you, who are a light for you, uh, but who are making an impact. And so, God, I pray for our listeners as well, uh, that those who are trying to live out mission and trying to to figure out how hospitality plays into that, Lord, that it would be more than, even as we talked about, a a tactic. But, God, it would just be who they are, uh, Lord, that they would look for opportunities to serve you as they Uh, create space and serve others, Lord. Uh, Would we all live on mission and understand that hospitality is at the centerpiece of that? And so, uh, God, thank you for this conversation, and we do pray for our listeners. Lord, would you be with them? Would you encourage them as they live on mission as well? We ask all this in the name of King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Ed, it's always good to talk with you. In fact, uh, we've been t- as we've been talking about mission as hospitality, I can't help but think of our our friendship uh, was probably cemented uh, around uh, some sort of table with some sort of food years and years ago. It was. <laughs> so I appreciate it. And again, uh, you've been uh, talking with, listening to uh, Dr. Ed Smither at Columbia International University. We've been talking about mission as hospitality, not only a conversation, uh, but also a book uh, that you can have as well. So again, thank you, Ed, and uh, I will see you soon. Okay, thanks. Thanks again, as always, for listening to the Scent Life podcast. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to our channel anywhere you can find your podcast on Apple, Spotify, or other platforms.